0: All right there we go sorry so if you can't tell it's like a retro type of theme that's why i got these chairs but that one actually does have a little squeak <laughs> i was like but it's okay you know it goes with the with the thing but around my house i know that's what i felt. i was like i really want you should, something cozy you should
1: put the plastic on it
0: i need that's what i thought about i was like it looks like somebody might have had plastic on here because it's still it's still pretty fresh i got it on some antique stuff but, it's cool. it's nice. but before we had those i was like i need more of like as like a mid-century aesthetic. good. Like, oh, thanks, I appreciate it. <laughs> we can go? Yeah. Oh, okay, great. <laughs> I didn't know if you were actually ready. Um, John, welcome. This is Make Good Music Cool. Um, of course, I have you here because you've done that in the past. Um, I won't tell everybody what you've done in the past, but if you want to just give like a brief synopsis of who you are and why you're very important to the music industry and the culture as a whole,
1: that's how you're going to set me up.
0: <laughs> Brag real quick. Just, you know, <laughs>
1: Brag real shit
0: quick.
1: off. All right. Well, I'm from Philadelphia originally. I've been in Atlanta since 94. Um, play with everybody you can think of. Um, a lot of it started from church. My dad's a pastor in Philly. So, um, I didn't
0: know that. Mm, okay. it makes sense, though. Yep. PK. <laughs> yeah.
1: Like our boy <laughs> Willie right. and everybody. Yeah. Um, so it started at church. Yeah. Um, I started playing jazz outside of the church and everything. My family's real lib- you know, liberal, so mm-hmm. they weren't really tight about me just playing gospel music. So I went and ventured out. I met with Marcellus when I was 16. Nice. And uh, we became really good friends. He became a mentor to me. He brought me into his Duke Ellington Youth Orchestra. One thing led to another. Um, I got a scholarship to Berklee College of Music so I moved to Boston. For you go like, to Berkeley. Mm-hmm. I didn't know that. That's a lot. You I don't was know. just
0: thinking about Berkeley. Like somebody <laughs> else was talking about going to Berkeley, and I was like, "Man, I feel like I know a couple people that went to Berkeley, but I didn't know you went to Berkeley."
1: Yeah, two why. years. I stayed in. I stayed in Boston for three years, mm-hmm. and then by '94, I moved to the South, and Dope. that happened just out of the whim because I never even knew about Atlanta, Georgia. <laughs> you know, um, so I met a lot of musicians at school that were from the South. Mm-hmm. One in particular, his name was Eric Essex. His name is Eric Essex. <laughs> and um, he's from Birmingham. We did a record together, like some contemporary jazz kind of stuff, really cool stuff. And I was ready to leave Boston. He was graduating. He said, man, you want to come down south with me and we can, you know, tour and do things like that as a band? I said, sure. Yeah, right. Pack my bags, moved to Birmingham for like maybe six months to a year kind of thing. And um, we played in Atlanta one time and I was like, atlanta's popping (laughs) (laughs)
0: that's
1: ready to be i was like i'm I'm moving to atlanta you know i was just always like quick to to roll if something was you know um grabbing my interest you know i'm very Mm -hmm. spontaneous so i was like yo they got some stuff happening in atlanta and i see a market where i can tap into yeah next thing you know i started working with a lot of the artists from here who were on the face records and you know i was working with organized noise and the list goes on. Dallas Austin, Jermaine Dupree. Mm. So all of their groups, they were at calling me to like help put their bands together and yeah. stuff. I put Goody Mob's first band together. Um, live, you know. Yeah. And um, so I was doing a lot of that. A lot of sessions and things like that. Then I started going on tour with all those artists.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: Um, X-Sate, Goody Mob, um, Monica. Yeah. I was her with MD as well. And then I went out with Dion Farris.
0: Yeah. Who
1: was like the indie artist out of all of them, you know, she was mm. just up and coming. And uh, we were on this college tour and everything. I get a phone call from Janet Jackson's management. <laughs> and they're like, yo, you know, we heard about you and everything. We want to see if you're interested in coming and, and, you know, jumping on this tour with us, the right. Janet tour. So that was 95. Um, okay.
0: And, um, right after you got here. That was in right, a year? <laughs> a year
1: after that, yeah. <laughs> Crazy. So I was gone. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah it was like, cool, we're moving. So that's like... Part of, like, you know, the brief yeah. history.
0: But then you got here, and, like, it didn't stop. So that's amazing. So you came here for the right reasons, mm-hmm. apparently. And then you went on to work with Janet. Then after Janet...
1: Michael called kinda, me. Yeah. I uh, went in the studio with Michael. Well, Michael wasn't in the studio, but he was in New York. I was at his... um music director's house, Brad Buckster.
0: Mm-hmm. And, I'm saying um, Michael's so cool. We're talking about Michael Jackson.
1: Oh, yeah, right.
0: Okay. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, the My, Michael, you, you say know. Michael. It ain't Michael Jordan. So
1: <laughs> right, exactly. <laughs> it's either Michael Jordan or it's Michael Jackson. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um. But yeah, so we did a, a session via satellite. So okay. he was watching me in New York. I could see him on a screen and he just told me to play whatever I felt you know on a certain song that I that he asked me to play on I wish I knew where that song was
0: yeah it was
1: a benefit for like career or something because he Michael would sense, do a yeah. lot of things like that to raise money
0: mm-hmm.
1: and um I wish I could get a hold of that song cause it was really dope Yeah. and um it's funny because while I was recording the song you know I heard this percussion and stuff in the background and I was like yo who played percussion on this because at that time I was doing a lot of sessions in LA so louis conte or um Pelina da costa and cats like that that's played on every record that you yeah. can think of would play percussion and brad is like oh that's michael he
0: played yeah i'm
1: like he's playing percussion he's like no he did it with his mouth i was like "Stop!" what like all the shakers and all yeah. the little parts and stuff michael did it with his mouth he was a yeah. great beatboxer you that's know wild. <laughs> you ever seen him on the Oprah Room Freeze? Uh,
0: yeah, interview? I did. That's why I was like, it boxing. probably was Michael, yeah. Because people said that he was good in percussion, just uh, in general. Like, yeah. he played things that you wouldn't even realize Michael played. So, yeah. yeah and then I you can hear in
1: his songs, he's always, you know, doing something with his mouth mm-hmm. syllable, you know, like percussion wise right. and um so i was i was amazed by that like god i'm playing on top of michael's beatbox like this is crazy was <laughs> one thing yeah. that really stuck out um to me about that and he had come to south africa to see janet's velvet rope tour mm. and i was on that so um actually i saw him in the mall the day that he had gotten there so you know i saw all these crowds like following you know they were like following each other and that's it was, like,
0: when he was crazy it was uh-huh. still crazy back then, too, like when the pandemonium around Michael. Oh, yeah. yeah.
1: Michael shows up, everybody's screaming and everything. Right. So I'm in the mall just chilling because the hotel was right next door, the Table Bay, uh, Table Bay Hotel in mm-hmm. South Africa. And um, I go and walk into the mall, and I see the, all these crowds, like, following somebody. and So I look over, and I'm like, oh, Michael Jackson's <laughs> in town, you know? So I'm like, what is he doing in South Africa? I see him later on that night at the show. I'm mm. like, oh, okay, he came to see Janet. Yes, yeah. And uh, that's where he got to see me play. So I, I have a feeling yeah. that that's how all of that came about. Mm-hmm. And then by 2000, like 2000, 2001, Invincible record came out. Yeah. And um, they reached out to me and was like, "Yo, Michael wants to know if you'd be down to, you know, come on tour with him." And he was on, he was either on the line or he was at the studio or where they were calling yeah. from. And so he spoke to me and he said, hey, look, John, how you doing? And I was like, Michael? <laughs> I was like, yo, what's up, man? Yeah. And um, it was weird because at that time, I had just finished Velvet Rope Tour, which lasted a whole year. Mm-hmm. We went out in 98 and got back 99 or something like that. Wow. Um, and then I came home and wanted to do, like, my own band, The Chronicle. I wanted to yeah. do our record. We were signed to Jermaine Dupri's, one of his um, side labels called nice. Anunnaki. And... Um, so they funded our record and everything like that, mm-hmm. and I felt like at that time I didn't know that I could have possibly done the record and went out on tour with him.
0: Oh, I see what you mean. So
1: they called me and they asked me to go out or, or you know, consider going. And I said, I'm working on my record right now. Mm-hmm. You know, I was nervous. Like I don't think I can get out of this contract and stuff. Yeah. If I know then what I know now, Ain't I could gone. have been like, yeah, I could yeah. have done both. Um, so I, I said no. I was like, Mike, I would love this is opportunity of a lifetime to go on tour with you. like. And um, I told him, I said, I mean, I, I'll hopefully I can get this opportunity again. But right now, you know, working on my band's record and stuff. Yeah. And he understood and all like that. But then 9 11 hit. Uh. So that tour didn't really take off much. He, he went mm. to um, Budapest and a few places at that time. And then the 9/11 happened. He had actually done that show at Madison Square Garden that year. I
0: remember that. Yeah, yeah. with Usher
1: and Usher, everybody, yeah. <laughs> Britney Spears, and all. Mm-hmm. Um, so that tour never went out. So yeah, it I don't, You know, kind of the destiny was, was, was that yeah, happened. exactly. Yeah. But man, I always wanted to at least do one tour with Michael. You know. Yeah, and Just have crazy. that in my pocket, like yeah, tour with Michael. Jackson yeah.
0: <laughs> <laughs> exactly. But you still you worked with Prince too, right?
1: Oracle Prince, yeah. That was 2005. So a few years later, you know, I got a call to go and uh, do the um, NAACP awards with him. And that was through Sheila E., who I was working Great. with at the time as well. And that's,
0: like, crazy to be a drummer and work with Sheila E. It's like,
1: oh, she, and best. now you're friends.
0: So. That's the best. She hit
1: me yesterday because I've been posting these videos on Instagram. I saw
0: <laughs> those. Yeah, I saw you those made a comment
1: on it. And, um, you know, just percussion and stuff mixed in with my boy who's in New York playing piano. Mm-hmm. Um Eric Lewis.
0: He's a beast. I was looking up his stuff too. I was like, Oh, I started following him.
1: <laughs> Eric is bad. I mean, if you've seen some stuff in the past, he's the piano player that kicks the, 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 the seat away. He plays standing yeah. up. Oh, okay. He's really dramatic and everything, right. but technically amazing. He's like a Thelonious monk kind That's of cat. A and we grew up in Philly together as well.
0: So I had Ari watching Dave Chappelle's <laughs> block party the other day. And, uh, Amir Questlove was talking about how Dave only knows two songs, and it's, it's a lot Rounded of Thelonious, <laughs> <laughs> and it's a lot of Thelonious Monk. And she was like, "Who is that?" Because she likes jazz. And so last night, normally she listens to um, jazz going to sleep, but I was like, "I'll play Thelonious Monk tonight, so you can listen to him." But she ended up liking it, so it's, it's crazy that you just mentioned him. Yeah, and
1: I work with him a lot too. We, we do a thing, yeah, we do a thing called the Juke Joint. It's in um, Yellow Springs, Ohio, where he lives.
0: And um, he turned a barn oh, into a club. Yeah, you're right. You're it's right I didn't crazy. Know about that. And they were doing it outside too. Like um during the pandemic I saw him do something outside. Mm-hmm. So it, it was like the first show I saw somebody try to do and it was like tables sitting outside. He did Yo, a show.
1: Distance and everything. Yeah. But yeah, right before the pandemic, a good three years we were doing and shooting these shows at the barn. You know, maybe 300 people could fit in there. Kinda the looks like does. this, a little bigger, you know, of course. Yeah. Um but it used Intimate to be a barn. Yeah and he says on the mic he's like this used to be a place where animals used to
0: shit <laughs> like, <laughs> like, literally. Sounds like you're like cool we'll but we hear
1: though. <laughs> right and so we had it all decked out production is still there mm-hmm. um so when the pandemic you know lets up i'm sure we'll get back into that again Got like it. we would invite uh, a tribe called Quest would come perform we had Lauren Hill come one time that never happened cuz she was late yeah. Um, <laughs> yeah. She literally showed up like two in the morning. We were done. Like two
0: in the morning.
1: <laughs> yeah. He flew her over That's with crazy. a few of her band members, some of my boys. Mm-hmm. So they were hanging out in the trailer waiting for her to show up. Yeah. Meanwhile, we like Jamming. still going through the show. Yeah. Um, so yeah, he's called uh, Talib Kuali, Most Mostaf. Everybody, cool. yeah. all his crew, yeah. kind of like a, sm- uh, a small black, black party. party. Yeah. Because yeah. I was
0: watching it. You know, I watch it all the time. That's one of my favorite. I say movies ever but um, I was watching them like man we'll never get this again not that cause you know Ye was there Common it was, the energy was still like new and it was fresh right. so they had the energy to like have a good time still and Erica and Jill of course and all these people on one stage yeah. and just how even he even brought people from Ohio was like
1: yeah. wow I love only the fact he that he could still lives like here. That. yeah only yeah.
0: still like if he tried to do it again and recreate it it would be crazy I wish he would but
1: he should do a TV show like talk
0: show He he could do all he could really do anything. It's his taste and in all those areas and all the creativity, it's like it's immaculate. Yeah, but um, he's a good
1: dude though. I love working with him.
0: Yeah, I I I I can see a lot of people Uh, just seem happy when they're working with him. It's a party. It's (laughs) a
1: party. We're not really we're working. I mean, because Dave is a workaholic. Like we'll start that show that we do together. We do it like ten o'clock till about four in the morning. Like every time but we do it, 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 yeah, we're we're gigging. We'll take a break. We'll go drink something, maybe smoke a little something, right. whatever. Have it's a party the whole time, yeah. and then he'll look at us. Y'all ready to go back on stage? Like <laughs> he don't stop. <laughs> right, I'm cool. like, bro, we just played for three hours, right. like, <laughs> like, but I'm down.
0: Like that probably gets him going. I can only I can see how he like it gives him a rush, and he's not even a musician. But I get it because I'm on the other side too, where I don't play, but just watching it and experiencing it is just like. Like, that, that's my high, you know what I mean?
1: Yeah, shouts out to my boy, Fred Yannette. Uh, we we toured is? with Stevie Wonder together. He's the harmonica player
0: oh, that
1: is serving as, like, music director with Dave. So everywhere oh, Dave right. goes, he goes musically and everything. Like, he helps put the shows together. Like, we do them in different cities as yeah. well, like New York. Or we've been in Minneapolis. Like, when Prince passed away, we did a tribute there for Prince because him and Dave were really good really friends. So we pulled a lot of his old band members together from New Power Generation and all. Like, it was crazy. Like,
0: phew, and you're so cool with Sheila already, so it's just like all those things in one.
1: Yeah, and he's getting all of this stuff on... it's con- uh, getting all this content, so hopefully he puts some of that stuff out yeah. at some point.
0: That's like my goal in life. I don't know if you can tell, but it's like I love being behind the scenes or just being a part of the the experience of it. And because of my appreciation is so high. Adam was like, yo, why do you, what is it about music that you like so much? Because afterwards he was like, man, you really know a lot of music. What is it? And I was like, I really don't know. My, my mom was, was very into a lot of different genres. She had a very eclectic ear, but she just listened to music. Nobody in my family sings, nobody plays anything. I'm from Indiana, so I moved here managing, but.
1: So it's your mom's fault why you the exactly. way you are. Okay. And she
0: knows that so she's I mean now she's hyped cuz she didn't see it coming but she, just naturally she listened. Of course I love Stevie Wonder. I remember I had braids in kindergarten at a at a um a recital. And it was primarily Caucasian so they were like and I had, I had to wear sunglasses. So they were like, <laughs> you were like wow, Stevie. you look like Stevie Wonder. And I'm <laughs> like, mama keeps saying I look like this person named Stevie Wonder. And so she was like, oh, that's who we listen to all the time. So I made the connection. And then I was like, oh, my gosh, I love Stevie Wonder. <laughs> so that's how I started loving Stevie Wonder, because people kept saying I looked like him with these sunglasses and braids.
1: That's crazy.
0: But, like, just from there, you know, I was still like a teeny bopper. So I still listen to Backstreet Boys and things like that. But my parents are older they're now 75 so i grew up in a household so where we were listening only really to like either soft rock or like motown and but we were listening to like steely dan okay and we were listening to boss gags and you know oh, so no they, stuff. they
1: had a musical palette yeah okay. but it
0: wasn't like hey this is who this is it was just being played so as I got older, I realized I'm like, I'm looking for my favorite songs on LimeWire. <laughs> like, man, I'm trying to type in all these songs. but
1: <laughs> Oh, my God. You went back. Dang.
0: Because that was the now only way. Now we can just Shazam stuff. Now. Exactly. <laughs> but it was like, well, now I got to figure out what the names of these songs are and who was singing them. So that's how I kind of figured out what everything was. And then Pharrell, I loved Pharrell because I, I recognized that he was always in the videos of the songs I like. So I love Babyface. And when he did There She Goes, it was like... He's in that video, but he's also in this NSYNC video. And he's also in a Jay-Z video. So I was putting all those things together, and I realized what a producer was. I was only like 11. And I I started loving him. So that's what got my brain going, okay, there's people that make this music happen other than the singers and the artists. And so I started kind of looking backwards. And then when I moved here, it was like I met Will. And I don't know, my... Atlanta opened my eyes up to a lot of different moving parts. Because mm-hmm. then I was like, oh, okay, I'm putting on shows. I was doing it in college, but Indiana, people really don't. I was like the music head, but nobody really could relate. Um, Sweetwater's out there. Yeah. No, in in Indiana?
1: Oh, Indianapolis. I'm, Indi- well, I'm Indianapolis. from
0: Indianapolis. That's where I'm from. But oh. I went to I went to college in Muncie at Ball State. Yeah,
1: Sweetwater, the company is out there. I didn't know that. Yeah, I, know I did. I, didn't know I went that. out there and did their um, Gear Fest. They do it every year. Oh, it's kind of like Nam but a smaller one version. But really, it's amazing.
0: I want to go to Nam too. I'm like, can I You've do all these things NAMM? even though I'm not a musician? You will definitely enjoy that. I can attend if I'm not a musician.
1: Yeah.
0: Oh, okay. I just thought it was just like you have to be invited. Oh, see, I didn't know how it worked. But I'm like, one year, I'm going to go there. Like that's. I all mean, I'm most of us
1: things. go there as as and you know as our companies, you know, our endorsement companies invite us. Right. So we get like passes from our like Tama drums or minor cymbals or whatever. So. Mm-hmm we represent them at, like that but yeah people. everybody comes yeah. from everywhere yeah. is that
0: who you're represented by? mhm
1: oh the. Like, minor cymbals and tamma drums and Vic, uh, vader sticks mm-hmm. remo drum heads
0: so do you reach out to them or do they hit you up like hey we would love to back you on this S-
1: companies do reach out to you if they're interested you know they see what you're doing and stuff I've been with these companies for like 20 years
0: yeah that's what I was about to say like you've probably been with them for a while then.
1: yeah 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 so it's a relationship yeah. And then, you know, if, if the relationship is cool on both sides, if it ain't broke, don't try to fix Hello? it. But then you might see another company that you're interested in, and you know, want to venture off with them. Like mm-hmm. you know, I was with Pearl Drums for a good fifteen years, mm-hmm. like while I was with Janet and everything. Okay. And then um, that relationship, you know, ended, and then I moved over to Tama Drums. But, you know, you got some musicians that just be hopping around from one (laughs) company to the next. (laughs) It's it's not a good look because all these companies talk, too. And a lot of them are from Japan. Like the drum companies, Tama, Pearl, Yamaha, all of them are made by Japanese, you know, so... They all sit around the round table. <laughs> like, little okay. John, what do you think about Little John? You know, whatever. Mm-hmm. Like, you know, and they talk about us. So yeah,
0: that's why <laughs> I would never even know that, though.
1: Yeah, but that so makes sense. It's good to keep a good reputation with these and with these companies.
0: Yeah. So you mentioned your guy out in um, New York, how his style of playing, as a drummer, you are the one person that I know that sticks to being in the pocket. Got gotcha. to. And you are Amazing in that pocket. <laughs> Thank you. So we were having to talk the other day. Um, what if you had to explain to somebody what a pocket is? I know what a pocket is, mm-hmm. but if you had to put it into words, what would you describe it as? The
1: pocket is the groove. That's what I said. There's different ways. Yeah, there's yeah. different ways. There are different types of pockets.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: Gogo music has a pocket. Yeah, it's a certain pocket. If you don't play that go-go music right. Them cats gonna come after you. Like, trust me, <laughs> I've seen it. They will. Right. That ain't go go. Yeah. He ain't swinging it right, <laughs> Joe. You know, Joe, he ain't playing that right, Joe. Like the fans of go go music, for instance, they mm-hmm. know when you're playing the right groove in the right, right pocket for that kind of music. Mm-hmm. There's only one way that you can play go go. You know, I mean, there's the approach is, is the same, but there are different variations of the groove. Like yeah, it's the very old nostalgic. Chuck Brown stuff. You know, it was faster. Yeah. Trouble Funk, all that stuff was faster. As the time went by, as things started slowing down, the the tempo of the groove was slowing down. Oh, okay. So, but there's a pocket that you have to play in any tempo with go, go go go. Mm-hmm. So, for instance, yeah.
0: Yeah. So when you went, so since you went to Berkeley, I heard the last person that I was listening to is an artist named Mac Ayers. He was talking about he went for two and a half years, and then he got irritated because he went to class and the, <laughs> the teacher was like. So, guys, explain what a can anybody explain what a hi-hat is? And he said he was annoyed because you have to... He, in his mind, music is music. But the fact that it's so technical in school mm-hmm. and it's no longer just like, let me just play what I feel. Mm-hmm. Did you feel that when you went to school? Did you finish at Berkeley? Mm-hmm. Or did you leave early? Yeah. He said a lot of people end up leaving early because they're just like, all right, well, I got it from here. This is all this is. Like, I can do this. <laughs> Basically,
1: I was doing what I went to school for. Like, I went yeah. to Berkeley for performance. Right. You know, if I had known better, I would have went for, like, mp e or, like, mm-hmm. engineering and stuff like that. Like, yeah. stuff away from what I was already doing.
0: Mm-hmm. So, so you it could grow into something different. Yeah, I could and have had that to.
1: in my back pocket, too. Right. Now that I know now, I could have been, <laughs> like, my boy, Abe Laboriel, he plays with um, um, Paul McCartney. And he played he played with a lot of folks. You know, yeah. his dad is Abe Laborio senior, famous bass player. Mm. Um, we went to school together at the same time. So whatever Abe Abe was get he was getting the first call for yeah. everything. Whatever Abe couldn't do, they were like, John, you know, <laughs> call John, you know. So yeah. I was like this, the second string guy. And I was right. fine with that because Abe, he was a great drummer and everybody knew him, and you know, he had a famous dad too. So yeah. on top of everything, like he was he would hang out with Alex Acuna because his dad played with Alex mm-hmm. Acuna, you know. And so he had some some leverage as far as those things is concerned. Yeah. L.A., he, you know, he had a chance to hang with Jeff Beccaro and the guys from Toto and all like that was his family. So yeah. I didn't have all that. I, I had the Philly people, you mm-hmm. know, that I grew up with all the Philly legends. You know, they were my family. Absolutely. But being at Berkeley, you know, it just opened up a whole nother world for me, especially in that aspect of like meeting cats like him and other, mm-hmm. you know, uh, uh, Roy Hargrove. All of us were in school at the same time.
0: Yeah. Um, That's what Mac was saying. He was saying, that if anything, it, it put him in a situation where he got to meet a lot of different great musicians in one space, and everybody kind of, he was like, the networking basically ended up being the best part of it because he just got to meet so many like minded people that were very, very talented in what they were doing because he went for songwriting. But yeah. But I mean, was, you I'm met like, people all from my band Brazil members from and
1: <laughs> Japan and Africa. Mm-hmm. All of us were hanging out. So we were sharing information with each other like I was shedding with drummers all night long at school I would miss class because we were shedding until the next morning (laughs) you know we'd be in like all of us would be in like this that's what we call it the sheds in Berkeley they were like these little cubicles where we could set up just enough of a drum set or whatever and practice like you had to sign up how long you would be Mm -hmm. in there for I would sign up like (laughs) Like all all day like eight (laughs) hours for real like literally I was practicing a lot and that's part of the reason why I kind of stopped going to school because I was practicing and I was gigging. Mm-hmm. And then I was, my biggest uh, run at that time was with Will Smith and Jazzy, uh, Jazzy Jeff and, and Fresh Prince, Will yeah. Smith. And I was going back and forth to Philly and, and doing things with them. He's
0: from Philly too. That yeah. makes sense. So okay. I, I played
1: okay. on one of their records, me and James Poiser yeah. from The Roots, um, who's another buddy of mine that we grew up together as well, like Adam Blackstone. Mm-hmm. Um, so we have a deep history in, in our generation. Yeah, um, but James, he we did the American Music Awards together in 94 with Jadges Jeff Fresh Prince. Oh, okay. So you could go back. There's like one YouTube video that I found of us playing on that. Like
0: now I'm gonna look for it. Oh yeah. And it's
1: totally out of sync and everything, but you could see us on it. I was playing a stand up drum set. Matter of fact, I made up a stand stand up drum set at soundcheck. Like I was like, I was looking at the gear that they sent us and I saw a rack and everything. I was like. Yeah. I'm going to do something different tonight. You know, I'm over here like putting up a drum set that I can stand up and play. So if you see that video, I'm standing up. Okay. So you just invented something
0: totally new on set. Yeah. That's crazy. Mm -hmm. So what do you think? So knowing that just because I I know that you are a pocket drummer, that's like your specialty. A lot of people think good drummers have to be wild and crazy and all over the place. But what do you think makes you one of the drummers that everybody seeks out? What, What makes you a good drummer if you're just in the pocket? The groove, yeah.
1: Janet, the groove. Like <laughs> she, she could care less about all the flash and all that stuff. Right. Prince, the groove. Yeah,
0: Biggie's got a hit.
1: <laughs> I mean, you got to be able to play better than him at least, Help. you know. And he's a good drummer.
0: Yeah, yeah.
1: Him, Mars Day, all of them. They all play drums. Jelly Bean, like I was around them, so yeah. I was like, the groove is what may have mattered first, you yeah. know. Um, and he was a stickler about that. Like he didn't give <laughs> two two cents about any of your licks and stuff mm-hmm. if you ain't holding it down like and making people dance and stuff right next guy yeah. you know yeah, <laughs> so, exactly but that's what I've been known for and not that I just play pocket I got chops too you do you do <laughs> I just don't choose to use them all the time. You know, like you a know?
0: crazy show, like, I mean, hit up, every drum, every, nah, drummer, nah, every nah, single. Nah. And, you know, everybody has their
1: thing, and I'm yeah. cool with that. You know, I know some amazing chop drummers, Tony Royster, yes. Eric Moore, <laughs> my little brother Spanky, who I taught since he was 12. Mm-hmm. Uh, just all these crazy, amazing technical drummers Absolutely. that I know. Um, and then I know some really serious, hard pocket playing drummers too, mm-hmm. that that's all they do. And then I know cats like Fish from Fishbone that, that yeah. plays double bass and rock so and crazy. hard and got the chops too. Mm-hmm. And, but still in the groove, you right. know, he plays that ska shit like nobody, awesome. nobody does like, like Fish. That's yeah. my homie right there. That's
0: crazy. You um, know so
1: yeah, just like different facets of the music, you know, and mm-hmm. that was another thing for me in my career was to not get boxed into one style of music. Mm-hmm. I hung out with cats from the rock side, jazz from the funk side, George Clinton, all of them, yeah, you know, yeah. like I would like put myself in those positions to be able to hang out with all these types of musicians. Yeah. I was hanging out with Roy Haynes back in the day in Boston. Uh-huh. I'd go see him play Tommy Campbell. I'd hang with Pat Metheny. you know, just like I was Everybody. putting myself yeah. then. Yeah. I'd hang out with freaking Tommy, Tommy, uh, Tommy. From from the the rock band, Travis Barker. No, no, no. Oh, oh, uh,
0: Tommy, uh, Pamela Anderson. uh,
1: Yeah, Tommy Lee.
0: Yes, I'm like I see his face in my brain. (laughs)
1: This cold mess messed messed up my brain. Um, But no, Tommy Lee. I got a picture with him. You would crack up. Um, Then my boy. um, Oh my god! I'm I'm, my the names are are messing me up right now. I was next to Nine Inch Nails. You know, we were rehearsing oh. next to Nine Inch Nails. Uh, Josh Freese, mm. and Josh Freese played on a lot of amazing records. You yeah. know, and he he was on tour with Nine Inch Nails for a minute, and we were rehearsing right next door to each other. So in between rehearsals, we go hang out in each other's room, and I'd walk in there and watch them do their production rehearsals, yeah. like freaking out, like, am I in hell? Like,
0: that's why I love <laughs> musicians because for the most part musicians if they see another musician they're like oh let me check out what they're doing not on some like Ooh, what are they doing but just like man that's so dope like yeah. it's always like a camaraderie that happens and it's like oh well let's now let's jam together and let's and hop they, on each they other's instruments the same and,
1: way about us too like they yes. come in tommy lee came in our rehearsal was just sitting in the back like
0: yeah listening like exchange. damn you know there's no hierarchy really it's just like oh wow if you're a musician like come play
1: it's the respect come watch, yeah. and uh, the groove once again, mm-hmm. Tommy is a groove rocker. Yeah. You know, he's one of the funkiest rock drummers that I can think of. Actually, you know, Travis Barker's cool too. But Tommy, he's got a whole nother thing and mm-hmm. his attitude with it and everything. You know, just straight rocked out.
0: Uh, what's his name? Dave Grohl is like that too.
1: Dave Grohl, yeah. another one. Yeah. Yeah.
0: yeah, yeah. He, he Taylor Hawkins
1: to went to Berkeley as well. His drummer.
0: Really. Uh-huh. Wow. Yeah. I mean, Berkeley it, it, clearly doing something right. But I feel like if you're a musician, you automatically think well, just let, let me go to Berkeley and see what that life is about. But I think it's it's good.
1: That's to, the school to go to. Yeah. I mean, all around, you know, unless you're going to just do jazz, you go to the new school and all like that, mm-hmm. which a lot of my friends decided to do after we all left high school. Yeah. Like, I was playing with Chris McBride and Joey DeFrancesco, yeah. the most amazing organist in mm-hmm. the world and one of the most amazing upright bass players from right. Philly. And um, when we separated, when we went different ways, mm-hmm. they went to New York well, Miles grabbed Joey. Miles Davis put Miles Joey Davis? in his I was going to say,
0: Miles Davis? <laughs> yeah, we met
1: Miles when we were like 18, 17, like that, in Philly. And he wow. pulled Joey right away. Mm-hmm. And then Chris went on to play with all the jazz greats, you know, and he went to new school, I believe he went to new school. And then I went the other way. I went to the pop school, you know, yeah. the R&B and pop and, you know, rock school or mm-hmm. whatever. We, I mean, Berkeley was good for jazz too, but Berkeley was – All around music, you know, Mm -hmm. all these different styles.
0: Yeah. So when I say okay, so I say now, with the with the drummers now. No, let me go back. What do you play other than drums? Don't you play more? Eh,
1: Not really. I play a little bit of keyboards to come up with ideas. Yeah. Don't put me I on was no gifts. I was like,
0: have I ever seen you switch up? I didn't know no. if I saw you like pick up a bass or anything. You, you mentioned something bass. I wish.
1: I always wanted to play you bass. Too hard to in my Adam mind, that. in my mind, I'm a bass player. Me
0: too. <laughs> at hard, I, the crazy thing is, I have a whole bass amp, but I still have no bass guitar. And I was like, Adam, I don't even know what to get and like where to start because I played strings, at, like I played violin in high school. Oh, and, see, you totally did it. But yeah, I get the concept. It's just the strings are heavy, and. I don't know. In my mind, though, like you said, I'm a bass player because that's the first thing I hear every time. Mm-hmm. But um,
1: but I've seen you do a lot of different creative things. I think you, if you've really put the time mm-hmm. you know, aside to do it, you would definitely work out playing bass.
0: Yeah, I believe so. Even if it's just I might not be Thundercat, but <laughs> I'm going to find a groove, though. You know what I mean? I wouldn't I <laughs> wouldn't even put those
1: limits there. You're right. You're right. You know, people will surprise you. Yeah, it's just it's the dedication that's going to decide if you can do it or not.
0: Absolutely. It's the dedication. So once I start, it's like I have to get the base. But once I start, I have to go because once I get it, I can't just let it sit and collect dust. So that's my goal. But um, it's never too late. It's never too late. And that's why I said I want to be an old grandma sitting on my front porch playing my bass. That's all I want to do. <laughs> but by that go. time, I just want to be like like you said, grooved out. You'll
1: be jamming with your girlfriends at exactly, home. Exactly, <laughs> kicking it,
0: glass of wine, and my bass. Take it. But um, now like any, there, are there any new drummers that you um that yes. you kind of nurture, or that you look like, yeah, and that you're like you, you admire, or you're really impressed by?
1: Both things. I, I'm a mentor to a lot of cats, mm-hmm. you know, old and young, and some of them inspire me greatly like you know because I'll be 49 this week so great! I'll be 50 next year like that's well, crazy to be barely 40 it's... say that you know <laughs> um but yeah through the years I've I've met some really dope younger musicians that I've been just keeping my eye on mm-hmm. and um they inspire me and then you know they all call me Unk. you yeah. know that's the name now big or whatever mm-hmm. And I'm cool with that, yeah. you know, I'm a big brother to a lot of musicians around the world. So mm-hmm. if I don't see them in person, they're reaching out to me online and you know,
0: right.
1: Instagram or Facebook or whatever like that, asking me questions every day. Like, Absolutely. I'm like, man, I got to do a class <laughs> or something cause to answer all these questions. You, should. It's, it's, you I should get make a make lot an of the same questions mm-hmm. back to back, you know how can i get on how can i do how can i get an endorsement how can, you know mm-hmm. and i try to answer as much as them as possible but then after a while it's just like ugh, i'm answering the same question a hundred yeah. times you know so at some point i want to be able to do something like with adam and all my boys and just do like a a workshop or something mm-hmm. that can just answer all these questions That'd that we awesome.
0: get That yeah. would be awesome. If you... Listen, I'm down to help out with that, too. Oh, yeah. (laughs) I hope you put it together, because that would be awesome. That's another reason why I wanted you on here, because I'm like, I know people know who you are. If I bring you up in a conversation, people are like, wow, John? You know, it's like, how do you even know who that is? But I don't think a lot of people hear from you, so I'm like, I want people to know who you are, what you're about. But, like, I know you have a lot of knowledge, too, so you can, you know, of course, I know people ask you questions all the time about uh, more technical things when it comes to music or, you know... How do you make it in the music industry? Not even just like how do you play drums, but you know, yeah. how did you sustain for this long? Yeah. And you you stay, you know, stay busy, you stay booked. Um
1: I know a if, lot of people, you know, ignore people, you know, and I, I hear it all the time. Yeah. When when I respond to somebody, they're like, I can't believe you responded to me. I'm Yeah, like, you're not
0: Hollywood. <laughs> yeah, that's
1: not me. And yeah. I try like I said, I try to answer as many people's questions as possible, but I wish a lot of other people did the same thing. You mm-hmm. know, a lot of people that are in my position and in my platform and all like that, I wish they would take the time out to just answer some of these questions. You right. know, don't be too big or too busy that you can't, you know, give back to somebody that's trying to f- get where you are. Uh, uh, you know?
0: Absolutely. Yeah. And nobody's here to, like, take your spot. But, you know, it's a new generation. There's always a new generation coming. So it's good to nurture them. Because the, the one thing that I, I am concerned about is making good music cool because it used to be cool to be a musician it used to be like you have to be on point in order to get on the stage right um with with music in general now i don't want to say the standards are lower because there are still good musicians out there there's still people that care about the way their live sound um is presented even the recordings like it's not just about live sound either it's you know how are you recording your music does it sound like you took your time and
1: Mm -hmm. care about what you do that's a whole nother (laughs) conversation live versus studio he right. You know, just because you're a great live musician doesn't mean it, it sounds good in the studio. You, Absolutely. It's a whole nother art to record yourself, mm-hmm. you know, or whoever, however you're doing it in the studio.
0: Yeah. I was talking, to, I mentioned you yesterday uh, to a friend of mine. He's out in, I think he's in Maryland, but um, he was like, man, I had his album, The Heart, Heartbeat. Mm. Um, he was like, man, I love I loved that album. Thanks for the like, little plug. Not, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I was like, oh, great. So, you know, and he was like, yeah, man, I love John. But, um, I thought that was cool that he, you know, he listened to it. Cause it's like, I know I listen to, it. I know a lot of people do. I got it from my uncle when you, when you put it out and he was spazzing in Indiana. Like Is that the one I signed. Yeah. So <laughs> you remember what up, he uncle? was like, yeah, exactly. My <laughs> uncle Mike, um, he was losing it. He was like, how did you get this? And I was like, I knew you would appreciate it. Cause oh, he, he cool. loves, he loves music. Um, but yeah, like I think you, You care about music still. You Mm -hmm. always have it, of course. And I think that's why people respect you as a musician and why you have such good relationships Um, because you take it seriously. Um,
1: And sometimes you got to take a break from it.
0: Yeah. Because
1: doing that 24-7 can... I mean, the love and passion is there. But anything that you do too much, you got to walk away from for a minute and do something else. Like, you know, I find little things in life. You know, if I'm going to shoot some hoops or if Mm -hmm. I go... I don't roller skate no more, but I've been in a roller skate rink. You know, right, like I
0: mean, if you wanted to pick it
1: bowling, <laughs> anything like just to get my mind away from music. Yeah, you know, and then when I come back, I have a fresher exactly. approach, and then my creativity is is heightened. Mm-hmm. You know, just because I walked away for a second.
0: Right. I think that's anything creative though, because even with me, sometimes I walk around my house completely silent, because I've I've run out of music to listen to. My algorithm is now like making it so I can only listen to certain music. And I'm just like, I don't want to listen to anything right now. I can't, I'm not inspired by anything right now. So I just completely go silent. Yeah. And then when I hear something that inspires me, I'm like, boom. And then it, it's a trickle down effect. But you have to step away for a second just to get a fresh a fresh ear, fresh vision on what you're trying to do.
1: Absolutely. My into. my place is quiet when I'm home too. Yeah. Because I'm I'm hearing music twenty four seven. So when I'm <laughs> home, it's like this. Yes. So I can have time to think.
0: Mm. I can
1: pray. I can meditate. You know, ask God some questions. You know, like it gets deep. Are we good here?
0: No, absolutely. I I experienced the same thing, so I get it. Um, Well, John, I feel like I have way more things to ask you about or talk to you about. We'll do a part two, right? (laughs) (laughs) But I appreciate your time. I know people will enjoy it. People that don't know who you are now, they will know who you are, and people that have. Probably been waiting for you to talk or hear you talk or hear you speak um i think they'll love it i think they'll love it That's thanks for having me here. tia thanks john tia. tia, it's great that we finally got to do this absolutely it was fun mm-hmm.